increasing diversity within philanthropy. Hi, I'm Bill Stanjakevich, and this is the first day from the fundraising school. I'm joined today by Joyce Rogers. She's an experienced leader uh, in Indiana and across the nation on many important issues related to diversity and philanthropy, and now is engaged with the Indiana University Lilly Family School of Philanthropy as a key partner in the Mays Institute. And Joyce, thanks so much for being with us on this podcast. What Thank is you for the? Having me. You're very welcome. What is the Mays Institute? So the Mays Institute, uh, first of all, to talk about the name, you know, this community is well aware of Bill and um, Rose name, Rose Mays, and mm -hmm. after Bill passed, um, several leaders, including Rose Mays, uh, Jim Morris, Lacey Johnson, and other key leaders within uh, Indiana University um, and IUPUI, wanted to do something that really spoke to something that was near and dear to to Bill and Rose's heart, and that was getting more people uh, representative of diverse backgrounds engaged in giving. And can you tell more about Bill's story? We have a national and international audience uh, for this podcast. Uh, he and his wife successfully ran a business for decades yes. and started out uh, during a time in our nation's history that it wasn't so easy for a person of color to start a business and thrive. Uh, and yet he did, and then together they were so philanthropic with the wealth that was generated. Right. Uh, what can we learn from Bill's story and Rose's story uh, that is informing the work of the Mays Institute? That it's always important to give back. Hmm. No matter what, it's always important to give back and understand how you got to where you are. Uh, it was because of helping hands along the way, more likely than not, from others that wanted to give. And so how is the Mays Institute doing this? It's, well, the Mays Institute, it really focused on um, three key areas. Uh, first and foremost is recruitment and retention of uh, minorities and others that serve underrepresented uh, communities to engage them, to get them to enter into the field of philanthropy. Mm -hmm. The other is the research. What are those key learnings uh, that we know that could help propel this area forward with engaging uh, more in the area of you know diversity uh, and philanthropy. And then lastly, but one of the most important is the giving side of it. How can we make sure that we are counting uh, the giving that actually comes from those communities? We do some, uh, but we know that uh, minorities and those representing underserved uh, communities, they give differently. Mm -hmm. They give to family, they give to churches, um, and they give to causes. You know, one of the uh, key areas that, you know, that stands out is the civil rights movement. Mm -hmm. If it wasn't for the giving amongst those communities, it would not have had, you know, the enormous success that it had. You know, I had an opportunity earlier in my career to meet Harry Belafonte. Oh, wow. uh, he was a, the keynote speaker at an event, the organization that I worked Amazing. at. And he told a wonderful story that I think a lot of people did not know that when he was singing his music in the 1960s, he was donating a significant share of the proceeds from his albums and his concerts to Dr. King and the Civil Rights Movement. Yes. Things like that don't always show up in the data. Exactly. And, and what have you seen in your career in that regard? While the Mays Institute is new, we're not saying that philanthropy amongst underrepresented communities is new. How are we bringing a light to that through the Mays Institute? Well, we're talking about it, and we're trying to rid our, all of us from those old, uh, old stereotypes that people of color don't give. The mm -hmm. research shows quite the opposite, as uh, especially for African-American families. African-American families, the research has pointed out to us that typically gives more of their disposable income mm -hmm. than the average families. And so, but we, um, in our professions, we haven't quite figured out a way to count that uh, because of the way that we give. So I think that 
our profession, we need to figure out how to embrace all of that giving or we need to count differently. Yeah, Joyce, can you expand more upon that? It's so interesting that uh, some of the initial research that's been done that's now being expanded upon through the, the Mays Institute uh, shows that not all giving shows up in the data. It that does and not. you mentioned in one of your earlier comments that somebody might give to somebody in their family and not a gift for a birthday or a graduation or something like that, but that they're really in need, that they have a medical bill or a housing cost or something like that. That is philanthropy. That right. is helping somebody out, but doesn't always show up in the data. So there are these formal and informal ways exactly. that oftentimes underrepresented communities are active. Exactly. And, you know, even supporting what we're championing, you know, in our fundraising efforts, and that's education. You know, there are countless of, you know, when you are part of an underserved community and you see uh, that there are kids or young adults that want to further their education. A lot of times it's families coming together uh, with the resources to make sure that that student can be successful. How do we count that? We need to be able to count that. And it's really important as we move forward because we need to bring those families into the conversation. And so we have some deliverables through the Mays Institute. What are some of those activities that people can tap into? Well, uh, we have a lecture series, so mm -hmm. I would suggest that people go on the Lilly Family uh, Schools website mm -hmm. and, and attend some of those um, uh, lectures to really understand why this conversation is so important. And I, and I, and I want to say this, you know, when we think about what our nation is going to look like according to the census, uh, in the next 10, 15 years, you know, we're going to be a minority majority country. Mm -hmm. We need to develop pipelines that speak to that. And so it's so important that we bring those communities into the conversation. That's one of the things that the Mays Institute is doing. We need to engage more students of color in representing those diverse backgrounds to enter into the field where we are so that they can be out there championing these efforts across the board, not just at universities, but everywhere to make sure that we are bringing in these diverse families into the conversation around giving and working with them to understand their giving habits and their giving efforts. And Joyce, to amplify your important point about diversity in the United States, seven states, as we record this podcast, seven states already are majority minority, which is the phrase wow. used by the U.S. Census Bureau. Right. Uh, and then also amongst our youth, our nation's youth, will be majority-minority by the year 2020. So we're wow. seeing this already happening. Mm -hmm. It's not just decades from now, it is now and in the next couple of years. What advice, you're an experienced fundraiser, you've had a lot of success uh, raising money at the grassroots level and for large institutions, uh, both. What advice do you have for fundraisers as they think about their prospective donors? They think about bringing more prospective donors into the, the database and into the organization to try to encourage more people to be part of their particular mission. What advice do you have for fundraisers as they think about diversity and potential donors? Well, if we, who, whatever entity, it's not on the front, you know, it's not in front of this, it's gonna be behind because that is our pipeline of the future. Yes, we do need to focus on, you know, the plan giving um, tools and all those kinds of things, but we need to develop a future pipeline that's representative of the community or our fundraising efforts will not be sustainable. So that is very, very, very key. And diversity in philanthropy is not just for people that look like me. You know, it's for you, it's for everybody, for all of us to understand how do we 
engage and re-engage entire communities that have not been a part of these conversations. And I want to tie in some other research uh, that we've had from the Lilly Family School Philanthropy that we've also talked about on this podcast. When we think about fundraising, uh, Dr. Henry Rosso, the founder of the fundraising school, said fundraising starts with the board of directors. Every board member needs to be a donor, yes. You have to have 100% board giving. That's something you should strive for. And then each board member should have a prospect list. Therefore, how important is it to have a diverse board which can help us then have a diverse donor base. That's absolutely where it has to begin. Because we have to have people in the room that's really helping to bring those communities to the table. So the Mays Institute on Diverse Philanthropy is part of the Indiana University Lilly Family School Philanthropy. Uh, as Joyce mentioned, there is a speaker series uh, that happens each year, different times of the year. Mm -hmm. There's going to be dedicated research uh, based on increasing diversity amongst philanthropy, increasing awareness amongst diversity amongst philanthropy, trying to help our fundraising profession become more diverse, which is such That's an right. important issue uh, as about 75% of fundraisers are Caucasian we need to continue to increase diversity amongst the fundraising profession. Those are the tangible resources that are available to you through the Mays Institute on our school's website at philanthropy.iupui.edu. We also address a wide range of uh, fundraising issues, including diversity, through our courses at the Fundraising School. We have 16 public courses. We're located in 16 U.S. cities. We try to be a four to five hour drive from everybody to be able to attend our courses. Uh, several of our courses are available online. We can also do custom training strictly for your organization, your association, for your city, or for your region. We have quarterly webinars. We also have these podcasts. And what we also like to ask you to do is to like us on those podcast sites, because then that helps get the word out and help other people gain this important information, including this very essential information about the Mays Institute. I'm Bill Stanjakevich, and now you are now more up to date on this first day from the Fundraising School. Mm -hmm.